0: Good evening, this is Orson Welles, your producer of a special series of broadcasts presented by the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon, the Mercury Summer Theater of the Air.
1: Tonight and every Friday night, Pabst Blue Ribbon presents you with a front row seat at one of the greatest plays ever produced. So while Orson Welles entertains you, pour yourself a tall frosted glass of Pabst Blue Ribbon and enjoy at the same time great theater and this truly great beer.
0: Ladies and gentlemen, tonight we bring you a tale of dark secrets, and of a dark and secret love, an English classic, a standard work, too, in our Mercury repertory, with a special score composed and conducted by that pillar of the Mercury, Mr. Bernard Herman, with your obedient servant as the strange master of Thornfield Hall, and Miss Alice Frost in the title role of Jane Eyre.
2: I have no father or mother, brothers or sisters. When I was ten years old, my aunt sent me off to Lowood School. It was not so much a school as an institution for the children of the poor. Soon after I was eighteen, I placed an advertisement in the Yorkshire Herald, applying for the position of governess. The following week, a reply came from a Mrs. Fairfax of Thornfield Hall in Yorkshire.
3: If J.E., who advertised last Thursday, is qualified to teach the usual branches of a good English education, a situation can be offered her where there is but one pupil, a little girl nine years of age.
2: Three days later, I left Lowood School. And that evening...
3: I'm afraid you've had a tedious ride.
2: No, indeed, ma'am. Shall I have the pleasure of seeing Miss Fairfax tonight? I am Mrs. Fairfax. Oh, you mean your pupil,
3: Adele. She is not my daughter. The child is Mr. Rochester's ward.
2: And who is he?
3: The owner of Thornfield Hall. I'm merely the housekeeper. Your pupil is his ward. He wrote me to find a governess for her.
2: He's not here himself? Almost never. Much of the time, is abroad. It does seem strange for a gentleman to own this great house, yet never stop here to enjoy it. You will find, Miss Eyre, that Mr.
3: Rochester is in many ways a strange gentleman.
2: I slept smooth and soundly that night in my new home. I woke and heard a clock strike. I heard another sound. It seemed to me that somewhere in the house, I heard a low, merciless laugh. for many weeks. Nothing happened to break the smooth course of our lives at Thornfield Hall. One day in January, I put on my coat and went out for a walk. The afternoon was already dimming. On the hilltop above me sat the rising moon, pale as a cloud. Suddenly, in the distance, I heard the sound of hooves. A horseman came over the hill, down toward the little bridge. Easy. Easy there. Oh, the devil. Are you injured, sir? Stand at once.
0: come from? You, young girl, you're not serving in the hall.
2: I'm the governess to Mr. Rochester's oh, ward.
0: Oh, you're a governess. Do take it if I hadn't forgotten the governess. Well, necessity compels me to make you useful. Come closer me lean on your shoulder. Now oh. hold the bridle. Here we are. Now just hand me my whip, which lies there under the hedge. Here, sir. Thank you. Goodbye, child.
2: I kept seeing his tall figure, enveloped in a riding cloak, fur-coloured in steel clasped, remembering his stern face, his angry, thwarted eyes. It was late when I got back to the hall. I'll get that. He came with the master. With whom?
3: With the master, Mr. Rochester. He had an accident. His horse fell coming down Hay Lane. He said you were to go to him the minute you came in. You'd better hurry.
0: Come in. Well, sit down, Miss Eyre. You've been resident in my house three months? Yes. You come from...
2: From Lowood schools.
0: Hmm. Charitable concern. How long were you there?
2: Eight years.
0: Eight years. You must be tenacious of life. No wonder you have rather the look of another world. I marveled where you got that sort of face. I'd half a mind just now in Hay Lane to demand whether you'd bewitch my horse. Indeed, I'm not sure yet. Who are your parents? I have none. Or ever had, I suppose. Now, well, don't draw that chair further off, Miss Eyre. Sit down exactly where I placed it. If you please. Otherwise, I cannot see you without disturbing my comfortable position, which I have no mind to do. You examine me, monsieur. Do you think me handsome?
2: No, sir. Hmm.
0: What faults do you find with me, pray? Does my forehead not please you? Does it look as if I were a fool? Why don't you answer me? You are very much puzzled, monsieur. You are not pretty any more than I am handsome. A puzzled air becomes you, so... Puzzle on. I leave the choice of subjects entirely to you. You're dumb, Miss Eyre. Oh, oh, stubborn. Yes, yeah, stubborn. A little annoyed. Confess it, you're afraid of me.
2: I'm bewildered.
0: You're afraid?
2: I have no wish to talk nonsense.
0: If you did talk nonsense, you have been such a grave, quiet man, I should mistake it for sin. <laughs> you never laugh, Miss Eyre. Don't trouble to answer.
2: It's past nine, sir. I must say good night. Good
0: night. Good night, Miss Eyre.
2: I could not sleep for thinking, Mr. Rochester. Fingers were groping their way along the panels in the dark gallery outside. Who's there? Who is it? <coughs> there was a strong smell of burning. Mr. Rochester's door was ajar, and smoke rushed from his room. The curtains were on fire. Wake! Wake, Mr. Rochester, wake! Yeah? Huh? He lay stupefied in his sleep. I rushed to the basin and pitcher. Oh. Go!
0: What is it? Is there a flood? No,
2: sir, but there's been a fire.
0: In the name of all the elves in Christendom, is that Jane here? You're done with me, witch. Sorceress.
2: <clears throat>
0: the smoke. Who's in this room besides you? Look at me, Jane. Did you... Did you happen to hear, during the night, an odd laugh?
2: Yes, sir. I thought perhaps one of the servants...
0: Just so, one of the servants, you guessed it. Jane, you're no talking fool. Say nothing about it. What? you quitting quitting already, and in that way...
2: You said I might go, sir.
0: But not without taking leave, not in that brief, dry fashion. <laughs> you saved my life, at least. Shake hands. You saved my life, Jane. I knew you'd do me some good in some way. Sometime. <laughs>
2: left Thornfield Hall and when he returned it was with a large company of very elegant guests there was one lady in particular to whom my master seemed especially attentive
3: the Honorable Blanche Ingram Lord Ingram's sister she is she's held the most beautiful girl in the county
2: and this beautiful and accomplished young lady is not yet married it appears not What is the matter with you, child? You have eaten
3: nothing. What is it, Jane?
2: What's happened to you? That evening, word came that Mr. Rochester wished to introduce my pupil, Adele, to the ladies in the drawing room after dinner. I rose and curtsied to them. One or two bent their heads in return. The others only stared at me. As soon as I could, I left quietly through the side door. How do you do? I'm very well, sir.
0: Why did you not come over and speak to me in the drawing room, Jane?
2: I did not wish to disturb you.
0: What have you been doing while I was away?
2: Teaching Adele, as usual.
0: Hmm. Getting a good deal paler than you were... Now, who in the devil is that at this time of night?
2: Shall I go and see him? Yes, her?
0: Jane, I must return to my guests. I fear Miss Ingram will have marked my absence.
2: Mr.
3: Rochester? Yes. There's a man to see you, sir. He he went into the drawing devil
0: room. Devil he did of His name?
3: Mason, sir, and he's come from the West Indies. Mason? From Jamaica, I think. Uh, I'll see him presently. Yes, Mr.
2: Rochester.
0: Mason? West Indies? Is that what she said? Do
2: you feel ill, sir?
0: Oh, Jane. Jane. I've got a blow. Oh, Jane. If all the people in that drawing room came in a body and spat at me, what would you do, Jane?
2: I'd turn them out of the room, sir. If I could... But
0: if I were to go into them and they dropped off and left me one by one, what then? Would you go with them?
2: i rather think not, sir. I should have more pleasure in staying with you.
0: To comfort me?
2: Yes, sir to comfort you as well as I could. Much later that night, I wakened suddenly. Jane,
0: Jane! Get up! Get up, I need you. Have you a sponge in your room? Yes, sir. You won't turn sick, Jane, at the sight of blood. Here, give me a hand. Let me see. Warm and steady. You'll do, Jane. Come along.
2: I followed Mr. Rochester to the floor above. We entered a large room. And beyond that, there was an open door. And from inside came a low sound. Almost like a dog growling. In a chair was a form of a man, huddled and still. I saw that it was a stranger, Mason. The gentleman had called earlier. His sleeve and his shirt on one side was soaked with blood. Oh, she's done for me. Oh,
0: quiet, Miss. Done for me. Nonsense. You've lost a little blood, that's all. Now then, Jane, hold this basin. Oh, she went at me with her teeth. Will she, you be silent? She sucked the blood. She said she'd drain my heart. I warned you, Mason. I thought I could have done her some you good. You thought, you thought, Mason. Up. He must be out of the house before morning. <laughs> Let her be taken care of. Let her be treated as tenderly as may be. Let I her. I do my her best, her. Mason. And have done my best. And will do it. Never fear. Yet. Would to God there was an end to all this. <laughs> Theater's radio production of the great English classic, Jane Eyre. And now, before we go on with part the second, here is Ken Roberts, alert and ready to speak a few lines about... About another
1: masterpiece, another classic, blended, splendid, Pabst Blue Ribbon. Yes, friends, the work of art Mr. Wells is bringing you tonight is a blend of many talents, just as Pabst Blue Ribbon is the blend of never less than 33 fine brews each merging its individual goodness with the other to give you that splendid flavor, not too light, not too heavy, but fresh, clean, sparkling, with the real beer taste coming through the way you like it. No doubt your dealer is occasionally unable to supply you with all the Paps Blue Ribbon you'd like these days. But please keep on asking, for every single bottle you do get will live up to the same high standards of quality and taste. yes. Every bottle will be, as always, blended, splendid, Pabst Blue Ribbon. And now Orson Welles continues with Jane Eyre.
2: on at Thornfield Hall. The talk continued about his coming marriage to Miss Ingram. Yet never had he called me more frequently to his presence. Never had he been kinder to me. And alas, never had I loved him so well. It was a midsummer eve I went down into the orchard. I heard a nightingale singing in
0: the woods far away. Jane? Good evening, Jane. Thornfield is a pleasant place in summer, is it not? Yes, sir. (laughs) You'd be sorry to leave.
2: Oh,
0: yes. Pity, it's always the way in this life. No sooner have you got settled in a pleasant resting place than a voice calls you to rise and move on.
2: Must I move on, sir? Must I leave Thornfield? I
0: believe you must, Jane. I'm sorry, Jane, but... I believe indeed you must.
2: You're going to be married, sir.
0: Uh, look at me, Jane. You're not turning your head to look after more nightingales, are you? Dale must go to school and you, Miss Eyre, will get a new station.
2: Yes, sir. I will advertise immediately. I've heard of a
0: place that I think will suit a place in Connacht, Ireland.
2: That's a long way off, sir.
0: A long way off from what, Jane?
2: Oh from
0: England, from Thornfield, and... Well? From you, sir. Oh, it is. It is, to be sure it is. way off. We've been good friends, Jane, have we not? Come, we'll sit here in peace tonight. And we should never more sit here together. You know, sometimes I have a queer feeling with regard to you, Jane... Especially when you're near to me is now. It's as if I had a string somewhere under my left ribs. Tightly and inextricably knotted to a similar string situated on the corresponding corner of your little frame. And if that boisterous channel come broad between us, I'm afraid that cord of communion will be snapped. And then I have a nervous notion... I should take to bleeding inwardly. As for you, you'd forget me. Now, Jane, I think you'd better stay.
2: Do you think I can stay to become nothing to you? Do you think because I'm poor, obscure, plain and little that I'm soulless and heartless? I have as much soul as you and full as much heart.
0: Jane, be still. I offer you my hand, my heart, and a share of all my possessions.
2: Good, Margaret.
0: I ask you to pass through life at my side to be my wife. It's you only I intend to marry. Come, Jane. Come here.
2: Your bride stands between us.
0: My bride is here. You strange. You almost unearthly thing. I love you as my own flesh. Come to me, Jane. Come to me entirely now. God pardon me. And men, meddle not with me. I have her and will hold her.
4: Otherwise, than God's word doth allow, are not joined together by God. Neither is their matrimony lawful. Edward
0: Rochester, wilt thou have this woman for thy wedded wife? This marriage cannot go on. I declare the existence of an impediment. Proceed to the service. Mr. Rochester has a wedded wife, now living at Thornfield Hall. I saw her there last April. I am her brother. What this man here says is true. Bigamy is an ugly word, yet. That is what I meant to be, a bigamist. I dare say you've heard gossip about the mysterious lunatic kept under watch and ward. I now inform you that she is my wife, Bertha Mason, whom I married 15 years ago in Spanish Town, Jamaica. Bertha Mason is insane. You may see for yourself if you wish what sort of being I was cheated into marrying. And judge whether or not I had a right to break the compact and seek happiness with this girl I love. While I fail, take the coach back to Thornfield. Not be wanted today. To the right about every one of you. Away with your congratulations. Who wants them?
4: They are 15 years too late.
2: I made my possessions into a parcel and stole from my room. For the last time, I passed Mr. Rochester's door and started down the dark stairs. Jane?
0: Jane? You mean to go one way in the world and let me go another? I do. You will not stay, Jane? You will not be my comforter, my rescuer? My deep love, my my tragic grief—they are nothing to you.
2: God bless you, my dear master. God keep you from harm and wrong,
0: Jane. Jane. Jane.
2: Jane. Half went by. I wrote to Mrs. Fairfax and begged for news. Three months wore away. Day after day the post arrived and brought nothing for me. I packed my things and took the stagecoach for the north. Thirty-six hours later, I was at i
4: Come a wrong way today, Mum. We don't get many travelers here these days.
2: I thought perhaps you could tell me. Is Mr. Rochester living at Thornfield Hall now? Oh,
4: I say, Mum, don't you know? Thornfield Hall was burnt down. Not a stone standing. The fire broke out in the dead of night. The
2: dead of night? Was it known how it started?
4: They guessed, Mum. They guessed. There was a woman. Would you believe it? A lunatic.
2: But Mr. Rochester, was he at home when the fire broke out?
4: Yes, indeed he was. He went up to the tower to get his mad wife out of her cell. She was on the roof. We heard him call her name. We saw him approach her. And then, Mum, she yelled and gave a spring. And the next minute, she lay smashed on the pavement. Dead? Yes. Dead as the stones on which her brain and blood were scattered.
2: Oh. But
4: is... is he alive? Yes. Yes. Mr. Rochester is alive. But many think he'd better be dead.
2: Why? Where is he? Is he in England?
4: Aye, aye, he's in England. He can't get out of England. I fancy he's a fixture now. He's stone blind. Yes, he's stone blind, is Mr. Rochester.
2: I found him in a small manor house nearby. A neglected handful of fire burned low in the grate and leaning over it with his head supported against the high, old-fashioned mantelpiece stood Mr. Ross.
0: Is that you, Mrs. Fairfax? Down, pilot. What's the matter, down, sir? It is you, Mrs. Fairfax, is it not?
2: Mrs. Fairfax is in the kitchen. Who is this?
0: Answer me. Speak again.
2: Your dog knows me. John and Mrs. Fairfax.
0: Her oh, very fingers. Her small, slight fingers. Oh, there must be more of her. Is it Jane? This is her shape. This is her size.
2: And this is her voice. And her heart, too.
0: Jane Eyre. Jane
3: Eyre.
2: I've now been married ten years. I know what it is to live entirely for and with what I love best on earth. Edward Rochester continued blind the first two years of our marriage. Then one morning, as I was writing a letter for him to his dictation, he came and bent over me.
0: Jane. Jane, have you a glittering ornament around your neck?
2: Yes. And,
0: Jane, are you wearing a... a pale blue dress.
2: Yes. Later, when our firstborn was put into his arms, he could see that the boy had inherited his own eyes as they once were, laughing, brilliant, and black.
1: and Wells will be back in just a few seconds to tell you about next week's production of the Mercury Summer Theater. But first, the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon wish to remind you that though you may not be able to get Pabst Blue Ribbon every time you want it in these days of grain restrictions, it is well worth your while to keep asking, for every bottle you do get will continue to live up to its name. And speaking of grain restrictions, not a single grain of wheat is being used in the brewing of beer and ale. And the grains that are being used by breweries are not the grains wanted for famine relief. Now, let me repeat. When you do get Pabst Blue Ribbon, you can be sure this truly great beer will be, as always, the happy blending of never less than 33 fine brews. As always, blended, splendid Pabst
0: Blue Ribbon. Now, Mr. Wells. Next week, ladies and gentlemen, we bring you one of the most Fascinating stories that it's ever been the privilege of the Mercury Theatre to broadcast. One of the very tallest of all the tall stories ever told. The yarn of high adventure on the high seas. It's called The Passenger to Bali. Till then, till next week then, at this same time, same station, speaking for my sponsors, the makers of Pabst Blue Ribbon Beer, and for everybody in the Mercury Theatre, I remain, as always, obediently yours.
1: The program came to you through the courtesy of the Paps Brewing Company of Milwaukee, Wisconsin, makers of blended, splendid Paps Blue Ribbon. This is BBS, the Columbia Broadcasting System.